They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast faith. I'm Jepson Abaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Joe, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Jeff. 2018. It's going to be an amazing year. It is. But we've been off for a little bit, kind of on hiatus. There's been some uh, technical problems that we've uh, hopefully overcome, and uh, just hecticness of uh, holidays and whatnot, but we're happy to be back. So uh, good to be talking with you again, Joe. It is good to be back. Since we started this back in 2015, I've really enjoyed this podcast and what it has brought to me, and I know what it has brought to others as well. It's good to be back and and talking in this kind of capacity with you and to see uh, what this new year is going to bring. I know we have some exciting plans for this year just launched. It is called Sunday is Coming. And what we're going to do is the, the two of us, we're going to take turns, but the two of us, a little, very short introduction and maybe thought-provoking question around the coming Sunday Gospels text. Uh, look for that. Uh, you can find that on our website. And uh, we just want to be able to help generate some thought in your local context. Yeah, yeah, and and I really appreciated your first um, entry into that, and I know that we want to be a resource for folks. I think this podcast in general, you know, kind of helps inspire people to think about their faith in their life, and and to have that some that reflection, um, not only as a preacher, maybe if you are getting ready to preach for a Sunday and and have that kind of thought provoking reflection, but also. For those of you who are not preaching, to have that resource and to say, let me think about this a little bit. So when you get into church on Sunday, you can have some sort of context to maybe where the sermon is going for that particular Sunday. So I, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. I think it'll be fun. And I think from a personal standpoint, it also will just be nice to kind of motion my own study, use, contemplation, and uh, digging into God's Word. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. So getting into kind of what we want to talk about a little bit today, over uh, our winter break between Christmas and New Year's, uh, we did get together and for a very, very important reason. You want to talk about that a little bit? But we all got to watch Star Wars The Last Jedi together, which was a lot of fun. My wife kind of laughs at me a little bit because it wasn't the first time I saw it. It wasn't the second time I saw it, but it was the third time I saw it. And every single time that I have seen it, I've really appreciated this movie more and more. Yeah, likewise. It was my uh, third. With most movies, if you see them more than once, you pick up more details. But I really have come to just appreciate the direction it went to. I thought there's just a lot to think about in the storytelling. And uh, really, that just kind of... um, negativity around uh, not meeting some people's expectations, but I think, you know, it's a story people are telling and they're trying to tell away, and uh, I think we can just take that at face value. They're trying to do their best job. But I like the way that it went. I thought there's not just in the Star Wars universe, which is kind of fun, but as a parallel to our own church, uh, you know, a lot of times we kind of spiritualize Star Wars. I think a lot of people do that, but I think it just as a meta 
it serves some pretty good questions that I think you and I have been working on uh, over the last few years as well, just about when it's time to do something new or go in a new direction or even just rethinking, think about things in a new way. So I, I thought this movie did that exceptionally well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, and I have heard a lot of criticism for it, but I think that, like you said, it was a very well done movie and, and it took some things in a, in a different direction, things that I weren't, wasn't really expecting. Again, after seeing it a few times, seeing it more and more, I've really come to enjoy that and appreciate that. Uh, One thing for me really took the idea of the force to a whole new level, just uh, from the very beginning. uh, Oh, and and as we talk about this, there are going to be spoilers, just so uh, if you haven't seen it yet, which you're crazy if you haven't seen it yet and you're a Star Wars fan. But for those of you who haven't seen it and and would like to do that, you know, go do that. Um, And if you haven't seen it and don't want spoilers, you can uh, maybe tune in after you uh, watch the movie. But at the very beginning, when Princess Leia is out in space, it seems like she somewhat died. And then using the Force to bring herself back to the ship and, and then to recover from that. And some other uh, elements of the Force at the very end, Luke Skywalker and what he's able to do with the Force uh, just kind of brings everything to a whole new level for me and thinking about the ability of the Jedi when when using the Force. What are your thoughts about that? How, how, how did you see or understand the Force either before or after watching this movie? The part of the Force that I really enjoyed was actually when he was talking with Ray. Our understanding of it has been misperceived. And I, I liked that. I liked the new direction they went with. Just the whole idea of, of the Force being what connects everything not uh, an exclusive property of of those who are the most pious around it. I thought was very powerful. Uh, I mean, just to use the metaphor, I mean, I think of the Reformation within the church, and I would say even still, it seems that the way people talk about God or the, or the way God it's always kind of through the clergy people, or they're the ones that are the most connected to God or something. And um, I don't know, I certainly don't understand that the way that, be the way that God works in our world, that God's connected to all of us and works through everything. And we have things that we say God works specifically through the word and the sacraments. I would definitely lift that up too, but um, it's not just the, it's not just the ordained people that have connection to God that anybody has, has access. And I think Luke's transformation around how he understood how the force or kind of the, the symbol of God is that it can it, it connects to everything it's not just uh it's not just the jedi or the sith or whoever and i thought that was really cool i liked i liked that i mean we were kind of joking before talking about it's like the uh the forcification of all believers <laughs> yeah you know i mean there of course people say well wait a minute you you don't want everybody doing their own thing and isn't that kind of the the whole problem with protestantism is it kind of created all these other groups and kind of wild ideas and I mean, yeah, certainly, certainly. But I want to say on the other side of it, it's not just the people in the family or the professional Christians that have access to God, just like it's not those with the funny outfits and the laser source. And I think that was, to me, the the most powerful message of the movie, actually. I like that very, very much. Yep, I, I, I did too. Yeah, the idea of, like you said, the, the force or spirituality or, or God is not just for those who may be separated as far as uh, pastors or priests or Jedis or what you have you, but it's it's something for everyone. When Luke and, and Ray are, are discussing the Force and kind of, 
he, he's giving his first training lesson, the idea of good and evil really comes to light. And that's, that's something that's in all Star Wars movies. What is good? What is evil? But this movie in particular really kind of blurs the lines of good and evil. What is good? What is evil? It's not really just as, as black and white as we have come to know in the past. You know, Luke Skywalker is good and Darth Vader is evil. But we have these characters now, especially Kylo Ren and Rey, who have their place. You know, Kylo Ren is, is part of uh, the Empire and, and he's portrayed as evil and Rey is good. She's part of the, the Jedis. But inside of them, this, this movie really pulls out that both have a little bit of each inside of them. And it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes as the series uh, progresses. In a way, it makes it a much more human story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, because, you know, each of us struggle with that. Uh, and I, I thought that was, a, that was powerful, actually, to say, okay, we all struggle with what is good and what is evil. And, and then how do we act on that is what matters. And um, it's not quite so cut and dry all the time as we'd like it to, like it to be. Um, and sometimes doing the good thing is actually bad. And sometimes doing the bad thing might turn out better than you think. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Or what your motivations are, especially. So I thought I thought that was that was good. I I like the uh, I, I thought it was interesting the way that they were connected in kind of those little visions back and forth. I thought that was kind of lacking. Yeah. Uh, yep. For sure in the prequels. I mean, I was. I mean, people make fun of the prequels. I mean, I I liked Darth Maul. I thought he was really cool, but he had no character. I mean, he had he was just an object, uh, a visual aid of of the bad guys. I mean, he had no character development. He had no dialogue. He had, you know what I mean? Just like none of that kind of thing. Yep. Whereas, you know, Kylo or Ben, he's he's a real person struggling with with who he is and the bad things that he has done and has a bit of a conscience about it and is struggling with what that means. Ray too, she's she's struggling with her own inner quest for finding her identity and a place to belong. And it's not quite so cut and dry either. I love the fact that her parents are nobodies. I mean, again, that speaks to the force for everybody kind of kind of motif that um, maybe the earlier stories brought out to say, oh, it's a Skywalker thing or it's a Jedi thing. But no, it's that's one element of it. And you can even see how that can be misread. I mean, I like, I like that Luke Skywalker kind of fell apart. I mean, that makes him really human too. Right. I mean, right. he just didn't defeat the empire and was awesome forever on afterwards. I mean, he had to, he was really trying to cope with, so what's this mean for me for the rest of my life? And then made some choices that didn't work out. Uh, boy, that's human. Yeah. But as a star Wars fan, you always want Luke Skywalker to be the best and to be the champion and to go out and kick butt. You know, I mean, I really didn't think that when this movie came out that Luke Skywalker was going to be that person say, yes, give me my lightsaber and let's go get him. And, you know, the the whole idea of him falling apart and being kind of a jerk and right. and all this stuff and not wanting to go help, you know, it, it kind of, I was let down by that, to be honest, a, a little bit. But, and that's one of the complaints, I think, of the movie. But, but I think you're right. It, it gives a more human element. In the end, he did come through. I mean, he did do what 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 the right thing was and and he was able to reconnect with the force in a really powerful way and and really kind of help out to to continue that hope that they right. are, are fighting for but but yeah it, i i go back and forth with that to be honest 
Yeah, I was um, I was surprised by it, but in a good way. I I liked it. I like that he wasn't invincible. I like that he made some choices that didn't work out, and he's having a little bit of an identity crisis. And I mean, there's there's something to that that's just very uh, relatable. Yeah, definitely. And and going going into that a little deeper, well, his fear for training Ray because. He does see the the dark side in her, but then going into his story a little bit more with his failure as a teacher, as he was teaching Ben Kenobi, and and that that split moment of I see the dark side in him, and I need to destroy that, but then coming to conscious and and realizing this is not the the thing that I need to be doing, and just that struggle that he had. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You've had probably experiences like this where you feel like you are on the right side of something and you make a decision, you follow through, aren't necessarily awesome at all things, all the, the dark side. And he helped redeem his father and he took out, he helped, helped take out the emperor, but ended up being not that great of a teacher. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, you know, that was not his gift set. <laughs> But he still found some redemption in it in the end, too, I think, because he he stood up, even though he kind of hid away from that failure uh, in order to hold, um, he does face it again when he he does the whole force projection thing. Right, right. So, right, he, right. you know, he does find some redemption in the end, too. There's a powerful way to kind of move the story along. Too, just to move the story forward off of Luke Skywalker, because I know they had this whole contemplation in seven that they wouldn't let the other characters develop. And so I thought that was, it was clever. I mean, actually, I thought it was kind of a neat pass the torch, so to speak. One of the other themes that I thought was very strong, uh, especially when Luke is reluctant to train Ray, is this whole idea of pride around the Jedi. And I, it's, those aren't the, is we associated with the Jedi. You know, they're they're the good guys. They're they're calm and peaceful. You know, they they act out of defense, not out of attack. You know, they're supposed to know all things, so to speak. To see that that can lead to arrogance and uh, oversight. I thought that was a good lesson because I think, boy, the church does that all the time. We are we are used to our traditions, the way that we are doing things, and and on that. That island, you know, uh, Luke was protecting the sacred texts of the Jedi's and saying, you know, we need to be able to to keep this and to preserve it and at, at all costs. And uh, it, that those texts became more important than the people that he loved and the people that he cared about. And and he just wanted to hide away and give himself some some sort of a excuse to stay away and to stay on that island. Um, one one of the interesting things, and I, I I assume that Yoda knew that Ray took those texts, but what if he didn't? What if what if Yoda said, really, it doesn't matter? I mean, he did say that in a way, but it doesn't matter what those texts are. What matters is uh, the people. What matters is uh, lifting up the gifts of Ray and and ensuring that she utilizes those gifts for the sake of um, the the Jedi's and. Yeah, I, I thought that 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 sort of pride that he had, that sort of uh, 
um, attitude that he had r- with those texts um, was was very interesting. I mean, he went to go light them. He he had the, in his mind that this was not you know what's more important is not these texts, but the fact of of what they were doing um, in the world. And and then he kind of stopped himself. But yeah, I I had some interesting thoughts about that too. Just because thinking, okay, you know, you, it, it could get dangerous, right? Because we want to say we want to be. I mean, I'm thinking of our own lives. We want to be engaged with people. We don't want our traditions necessarily to overcome those. But, I mean, it's not like we want to get rid of the Bible. I mean, right? <laughs> right, right, right. No, but yeah. what I thought about that was this, is when when Yoda says, you know, they weren't very engaging anyway, I, I, he had some kind of weird sentence around that. But it was. But I remember him asking Luke if he actually read them. And he didn't really answer them, which makes me think he probably didn't. Yeah. And I think that's really the message there. It's not throw the Bi- it's not throw the Bible out because it's it's passe or doesn't relate to today. It was I think it's throw out the whole. Well, I know what the Bible says, even though you've never read it, which is certainly a Christian projection in our world. Right. Right. Um, you know, oh, I know what it's about, but or or maybe I know what this verse is or something like that, but without any context. And I think, all right, that is a that is a problem. That is a um, that that does lead to arrogance and hubris um, in a way that it becomes religion over faith per se. Whereas if if we, I think we we claim a, a living word of God that speaks through the scriptures to our current lives uh, th- that we we miss if we're being too literal or too wrapped up in in preservation but so that i thought was just kind of an interesting thing cuz you could take it to a dangerous level to say okay just throw everything out we got to start everything over i don't think that was the message of the movie really but and i think but i think there was a message of if you if you lock things up into a certain way of thinking about things you're really going to miss out. And I think, I think we could learn some of that for sure. Yeah. I think we, we, we can learn from that. And, uh, another kind of subplot that we haven't really touched on so far is this idea of Finn and Rose and their adventures to try to find, um, the master hacker and to get into the, the ship and to disable the tracker so they can get away. Um, one of the things that I see with Finn is that he's he's very passionate about his mission. So so he wanted to ensure that Ray was safe wherever she was and that she'd be able to come back. And he's willing to go at great lengths in order to make that happen, including abandoning ship. Some might argue that his loyalty, you know, to the first order and then to the to the resistance was off a little bit, you know, who is he really faithful to? And, but the lengths that he goes to and and his passion for it really kind of strike me as something that, um, is, is worth watching and and noticing. Yeah. He is an interesting character. You could, you could say maybe on some level, he's non-committal at first, or you could say maybe he's really self-conscious. He doesn't follow through with his orders when he's in the first order in the first movie and he's ready to bail, uh, in the second one from the resistance yet he he kind of finds his courage and he does find his place i mean when he's having that battle with uh, phasma at the end she calls him scum and he's like no it's rebel scum he does kind of claim his stake in all of this 
uh, and that maybe he was seeking. Right. And I'll be I'll be interested to see what they do with him if they have a parallel story of him with the Force at all. Not that he'd be a Jedi too, but he just seems to have. Um, you know, it, it could go either way, I guess. I like him. I mean, I, yeah, I, I want to see where where they take him. I mean, but the underlying part, how we we glamorize certain things, but we we neglect to see the underside. I thought that was pretty well done. What made the movie the movie at the end to me is the the little kid that you know forces over his broom as he's looking up. Uh, that was a great closing scene. Yeah, and that that really kind of sets them up going forward, you know. And I I think I've read, and and I don't know if it's too much of a secret or if it is, or if this is a conspiracy theory, I don't know. But I, I've read that the Force Awakens was really kind of closing out the story for Han Solo. Uh, the Last Jedi was closing out the story for Luke Skywalker, and then the next movie is really supposed to be closing out uh, Princess Leia's story. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with that, you know, since Carrie Fisher did pass away uh, this past year and and how that's going to come about. I think that they're going to do some creative things and I'm, I'm excited to see that. But this idea of, you know, the little kid with the force of the broom over and, and whatnot really kind of sets that up for the franchise to move forward. And I, I think that's kind of a, a, a neat thing. And it's not just a... Again, it's expanding the universe to not just be a Skywalker solo kind of universe, but to include others in in that. Yeah, I know if you take the two movies together, you're looking at probably close to five hours of footage, right? Yeah. With one movie left in this trilogy, I feel like there is so much ground at the cover. I'm I'm really interested to see how they do that because both Kylo and Ray's story arcs have a long way to go towards resolution. Finn's kind of a question mark. Poe, I think, is really a side character. I thought he'd be more of a protagonist, but I really think he's a side yeah. secondary character, although he kind of comes into his own. I like your reflection on the original three big stars, you know, kind of, or the three main characters to do that. That's kind of interesting. I feel like, I mean, I don't, I, again, I have no idea or authority to say this, but I feel like it, the next movie almost needs to take place a few years later just to kind of let some other things develop before you wrap it up. But yeah, yeah. But who knows? I mean, again, that's their choice to to decide as they do the storytelling right either a few years later to kind of and and then i think it, it probably is going to be a lot of reflecting you know if especially if it's mainly a princess leia focused movie and and not necessarily having her in in the movie in in some capacity but kind of reflecting or telling stories you know there, I, of course there's got to be action in there and that sort of thing but and, and just kind of wrapping up with uh, finn and rose the one quote that I know we both talked about really enjoying and, and really kind of being somewhat meaningful, when Rose says to Finn, we're not going to win by fighting what we hate. We're going to win by saving what we love. Especially in, in today's times, today's world, that means a lot to me. You know, we, we're, we're so, we can get so wrapped up into saying, this is evil, pointing out what is evil and pointing out that this is not uh, something that we agree with and that we think it should be destroyed and, and sent away, and we're going to fight that. But instead of fighting that, figuring out what do we love and how are we going to save that? Yeah, I agree. I like that part of the movie too. And uh, the quote was good. What made me think of, it, especially to our connections today, is there's a lot of things that I would say a lot of people love that are in common 
that get de-emphasized based on what we disagree on. I think if we can find ways to not only talk about the things that we're, we feel passionate about and why, but also look for the connections of people that we might disagree with on some issues that we share that we both are passionate about, maybe we could build something a little bit more positive or at least start to have conversations like that. I think that would be really helpful. I mean, you have people in your congregation, I do too, on, on both sides of the political spectrum being degrees, but I would say most people, if you put them in a room and say, hey, do you care about this? Okay, so how are we going to get there? Yeah. And they can start having that conversation versus, you know, this person said this, or this person said this, or this person voted a particular way, they're, they're, they're bad. <laughs> Which is exactly what I think the movie points out is just kind of a false dichotomy of the way we look at the world. Like, and, um, you know, if you're not with me, you're against me. I mean, Jesus says, if you're not against me, you're with me. So <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we should take him at his word on that and, and keep finding some common ground to work, work together on things. Because that's the thing. When you're working against negatives, it's easy to get negative, right? right. I don't like that you do this, which means, you know, versus if we want to care for people, love people, build them up, bring people, you know, try to show them grace and mercy and redemption, second chances, seeking your vocation and how you might serve. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to do that that are, that are positive and build people up. Yeah, and to be able to recognize that and to kind of step aside. And even in our own congregations, I mean, there are things that we do not agree with. We don't agree with everybody on every single topic. And there may be things happening in, in your particular congregation that you say, I, I really don't like this. And I think we've come into a culture now that if we don't like something, that if we don't agree with something, we just walk away. Yep. And it's easy just to kind of give up, even though you've invested a lot of time, energy, money, emotion into a particular congregation, a particular event, a particular family, whatever the situation may be. Instead of walking away, um, instead of fighting, you know, figure out how we can save what we love, because I think what we love is one another. What we love is the faith that we hold so dear to our heart, and, and how, do we, how do we save that? How do we continue to make that a, a valuable thing, not only in our lives, but the lives of our family and friends and even people outside of our immediate connections? That's kind of what we're fighting for. And I, I, like I said, I really, really connected with that. And I think that was a really, you know, emotional moment between Rose and, and Finn. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that. And to see how that's going to play out. I mean, last we know, Finn brought Rose in. She was in critical condition. What, what's going to happen between those two characters moving forward? Yeah. So, I mean, in the end of the day, this is just a movie. I mean, it's, it's powerful. We love it because we've been Star Wars people our whole lives. But, I mean... We got to just frame it in the right perspective. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is a movie. People are trying to figure out what they want to do with it, where it wants to go. Maybe just this kind of a fun way to kind of look ahead. Any uh, things you want to see in the next ones, or things wild that you think would be a crazy thing to try, or uh, any just speculation you want to throw out there? Well, kind of like I said earlier, I really think that Princess Leia's story is going to be focused around that. I, I think that. Ray is going to find her power and become a really powerful Jedi and, and really I, I think Ray's going to embrace that 
in the, the next um, movie. Her interaction with Kylo Ren, even though they, they came really, really close, kind of towards the end, they were really separated. They did have that uh, vision with one another as uh, the movie was kind of closing out. So I think that there's going to be some connection, but I think there's going to be something that happens that really kind of breaks them apart to really split the good and the evil again. Yeah, I, I, I really think that that's, that's going to be kind of a, a key thing. The other thing that I question is, is again, with a little kid in, in the broom and, and how do they come in into play? I, I really don't know that. Um, maybe something's going to bring them back to that planet and they can uh, connect with those kids on a deeper level. I don't know what that would be. But the you know the the resistance needs to find a home base. They need to find somewhere to go and and kind of set up shop again. And and so they need to to figure that out or, or what that might look like. And one other piece that I I don't know what's what's going to happen. Like when they were uh, calling out for help and they weren't getting response. Like what does that mean? You know something for the resistance needs to bring in hope again. And and maybe that is Ray. Maybe something with Ray really kind of sparks the hope. Uh, maybe Poe has a bigger role in that. I don't know, but but something's got to spark that, and they need to kind of sh- set up shop somewhere. How about you? What do you? What are your thoughts? Well, I had this idea, and I don't I don't have anything to ground it in. But so having seen the movie three times, I kind of felt like the last act of the movie is kind of the first trilogy, the original trilogy, kind of in reverse between the uh, scene in Snoke's tower to the Hoth battle to. Luke fading, you know, kind of like in the Obi-Wan style. Yeah. And I had this other idea that it's, it's kind of a reversal. So I had this other idea that there could be a reversal where Vader finds redemption finally by sacrificing himself and ends in triumph for Luke. Um, and I wondered if in this story, Ray sacrifices herself and Kylo lives. I, I've won, I wonder if that's a way to go with it. But oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. That just that just would be different, you know. Or is Ben just lost? I, partly, I feel like it'd be kind of cheap if he was just kind of this cardboard character in the third movie. Is he's just the bad guy because they've developed him so much. But right, right, right. Does he need to die to find redemption, or does he live to find redemption? And at the same time, does does Ray truly find herself? by giving herself away. I don't know. Uh, I thought that could be kind of an interesting way to go with it. But again, I'm not writing it, so it's not up to me. <laughs> Thank God for that. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think, that, I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't read too much, I, even though I mentioned before, the kid at the end was my one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. I don't know if there's any other character development with him. I feel like he's a, he's a symbol of a larger thing happening, maybe. Because I also thought, like, if you ended this series there with that scene... That would have been okay. You kind of know that they're gonna, the fight's gonna continue somehow. Right, right. I think he's just more representative of that. But yeah, again, who knows? I mean, partly I think it needs to be set a little down the line because you can't take on the whole thing with just the people and the Falcon at the end. I mean, you need a little bit bigger critical mass, maybe. But who knows? Yeah, again, I'm not writing it. I like it though. I mean, what's what I've liked about this series. And again, maybe it's, this is just a reflection on the prequels too, since you know where the prequels lead, even if getting you there wasn't in the way that some of us imagined. I've been surprised by both of these movies. I have too. Both yeah. the fourth force yep. awakens 
and The Last Jedi, and I have enjoyed that element of it. Even though they do recycle a lot of motifs and themes, but I also think that is just good mythology when you're doing that. Because, I mean, a, a mythology in the best frame of the word is not just stories that are made up. I don't mean it that way. But in a, if you're going to use symbols and metaphors, that you keep using symbols and metaphors to advance the story. And I, I think they, they've done that exceptionally well while taking it in a new direction, which is also, I think, just it's healthy. It's good. I mean, it helps create some kind of uh, reason to keep watching. Yeah, it it really does, and and I uh, and it, and it's overall good storytelling. I mean, you have the urgent uh, kind of need that's that's out there. You have the good, the bad, the the hero, and and the adventure they go on, and you think it's going to happen one way, and it happens another way. I mean, it's just it's good storytelling, and I really appreciate that. So. As we kind of wrap up here, um, we are really excited for the podcast in 2018, and uh, we're lining up some good interviews. Uh, we're we're kind of planning out some good conversations to have. Also, if you haven't got your Two Bald Pastors merch, do that. Uh, check out twobaldpastors.com backslash merch, and we have uh, long sleeve t-shirts. We have some uh, short sleeve t-shirts and hoodies. Check that out uh, if you want to show your support for this. And if you want to let others know about this podcast, uh, please please share what we have created with others so we can kind of get the word out there. And any, any proceeds that we get from uh, these sales go right back into creating the podcast and, and making it better and better for you. So thank you once again for listening to uh, this podcast, Two Bald Pastors. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Two Bald Pastors or online. And we uh, appreciate your love and support for what we are doing here. And we will talk to you again real soon. Thanks and be blessed. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Any other kind of exciting things you think that uh, we have on the horizon for the podcast this this year? I don't know. Do we? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so we don't have anything exciting with the podcast this year. So uh, good luck with that. <laughs>